We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello everyone, welcome along to a special edition of the Best Baseball Podcast. It will be quite heavily linked to the Road of His Overtime Podcast as well. It is going to be myself and Sean Siegel here today bringing you this episode. We are drafting in the $100,000 contest over at the FFPC for the Best Ball Tournament. And as a part of that, uh, we recorded the draft to let you know what some of our thought process was, what some of our decision making was while on the clock. And anytime you can hear Sean drafting, making those selections, it's going to help you if you are drafting, whether it's in this contest or various contests, to uh, get some insights into how those decisions and roster builds were made. So this is a fun one. We're going to split it up into four parts and we're going to take the draft to you and couple of segments basically over the uh, the next week or so so hopefully you are going to enjoy this one as myself sean siegel and we're getting ready to draft we have got the number 11 spot so we uh, it's uh, gonna be a couple of quick turnarounds between those picks but it's gonna be fun let's see how it plays out as we get ready to draft so sean we're getting ready here to draft we're picking spot 11 um 60 second clock is going to go in pretty quick and uh <laughs> there could be a, a little bit of quickness between those quick turns at the end of each round so um picking spot 11 some of the targets i'd probably have at that point would be the likes of stefan Diggs, you know maybe even uh, calvin ridley um depending on how this first round goes usually Diggs is going at the back end of that first round um what's your thoughts there uh, you know kelsey and waller i think will be well gone by the time we get to there who 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 interests you at the 11 spot yeah i mean i think you're hoping that tyreek hill falls we have a uh, slim data showing him in that range stefan Diggs, a good target i think that george kittle even with the concerns that are very legitimate about him the upside there the talent there we have to be aware of how he could impact the season and so even though i would expect him to go middle of the second He's someone that we could be considering. Uh, you always dream about Waller falling, but that probably <laughs> happen. Yeah, we'll see what happens as we go along. Maybe there is some players that fall, but no surprises. Christian McCaffrey goes at the 101. Kelsey goes 102. Um, bit of a surprise here, Hill. And um, obviously, we're, you know, if you want to get your guy, go and get him. Uh, Hill going at the, the third spot overall. Little bit of a little bit of a surprise there. It is, but... I do have McCaffrey, Kelsey, and then Waller and Hill as the three and four. And so it's a surprise, but I think it's the correct value. 
Yeah, I think, and, and that's what you see. Like every time I think that we take Darren Waller in these drafts, you know, in the third, fourth picks, I think people probably think the same thing. So, um, I think it's a a reasonable pick, but one of the earlier spots that I've seen him seen him going. Uh, the usual candidates have come off the board since, and Cook, Kamara, and Henry, and then there's our guy Darren Waller has gone at the seventh spot. John and Taylor at the eighth spot so the pick's going in pretty quickly so at this point sean some of the interesting things i guess is um saquon barkley is still out there at this point um and um still just the uh, tyreek hill the only wide receiver so Diggs and potentially barkley are probably two of the names we might be looking at here yeah so we look at the people who are perhaps falling a little bit and you have that question between barkley who we believe has the mccaffrey-esque upside or Elliot, who maybe doesn't have quite the same level of upside, but does have this hybrid profile, is in this elite offense. And so between the two of them, you're looking at Barkley with the injury or Elliot with the decline. Which one are you more comfortable with? Are you comfortable with either? Mm, I think I think I'll be leaning towards uh, Barkley. I still don't know if Barkley will get to, so I think Diggs is probably the guy I still would be be aiming for here, but I think it gets, it gets quite tempting if... Uh, if we do get the option opportunity to you know go for that kind of uh, elite running back option who you know a couple of weeks ago in most drafts still going in the top half of the the first round so he would be the interesting one and and maybe we get if we do that maybe we get lucky enough to get Diggs to come back to us so um Eckler has just gone off the board that leaves Barkley as an option for us I didn't think he would be here when we got to this point so I'm quite interested in, in getting the running back and, and going with Barkley. Um, you know, I don't think there'll be many spots in the 11th that are going to have him at this point of the year. Um, obviously, injury news might might change that as we move forward here. But um, I think I think Barkley is the pick when we have the opportunity. So, Sean, um, into the 12th, I'm hoping here for for maybe some running backs going off the board to give us that but we will have an option at you know Ridley and Hopkins as well so ideally we get an option at Diggs here but um any any calls for Ridley or Hopkins um should Diggs be gone or even if Diggs is there I I think all three of those guys are very similar it'd be a case where with Barkley going to us (laughs) that we have to look at the mild injury situations and how they could impact you know how much risk we have early on right so you're having guys like aj brown falling a little bit with news that he's not 100 percent currently i think anytime that you get even within a couple of months of the season and the guys aren't 100 percent, then that is something that concerns you right and so we took saquon barkley because he scored the 345 points as a rookie that's a level you're just not going to get from other players, right? When we look at these wide receivers, Diggs, you know, he probably just had his career best season. At the same time, there is a scenario in which he would take the next step because that's the level of talent that he is. And so I like Diggs at this spot. Unlike some of those other guys, you're not going to be able to get him much later. And I think that this Barkley digs pairing which could become more usual if, if Barkley is falling based on the injury news uh to this spot consistently over the next month month and a half but I like those two guys together and that we could have the number one running back and the number one wide receiver 
Yeah, so Diggs has actually made it uh, back to his Gibson and Antonio Gibson, that is, and Edwards Lair have gone off the board. So Diggs, I think, is the 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 slam pick there. Um, so we'll, we'll get him on the roster here, and we we start off with Barkley and Diggs. Colin, we're seeing some reaction here to recent news. Saquon Barkley falls to us at the 11 spot. He's recently told reporters he can't guarantee that he'll be ready for week one, but he's maybe the one running back outside of Christian McCaffrey who has that monster upside. So we take a little bit of the risk there. We also see George Kittle falling into the second half of round two with news out of San Francisco that this offense may be extremely run heavy. Thoughts on how we're going here through two rounds, the middle of round two, a lot of running backs there. That should be helpful to us as we look to now build a very wide receiver and tight end heavy team going forward. Yeah, I think that's that's kind of what you're hoping for. Um, you know, the spot at um, the one twelve, you know, in the the two oh one one running back, running back. That's kind of what we're hoping for there as well. When we took the risk on Barkley and then got back to Diggs. Um, so what we're looking at here now is to hopefully see a, a contingent of running backs go off the board here um, over the next kind of six or seven picks as we're into the third round. Uh, we do have four tight ends off the board, so at the moment there is. Um, you know some questions about what we'll do there from that build perspective but um hopefully um we might have an option here to get hawkinson but when we're four deep through this point i would kind of expect that that would be the case um it's always interesting and just from draft to draft where the rest of those tight ends that we we do kind of like you know noah fan hawkinson where those kind of guys go so let's see uh, what it plays out but i'm pretty happy to get barkley look if he misses week one or week two whenever he does hit the field he is going to be um, the true workhorse so look if we i would have been happy to take digs in the first round and be going at a zero rb approach i know that would also mean we would have an additional wide receiver in the second round but um i'm happy to to take the risk there i think he's on and i think sometimes players don't tell the truth and then we're you know very confident that they're going to be 100 percent coming back from any serious injury it's going to take a little bit of time to get back to things so um not really a surprise if we're being 100 percent honest um, that it, it might take him a little bit of time to get up to 100 percent. so pretty happy so let's see what happens have you any specific targets that we're looking for here at the 311 that would be will be top of your list i know um still available at this present moment will be cd lamb i know he's one of your favorite guys this year somebody i like terry mclaurin's just after going so is potentially lamb the target here if he does get three more picks down the line I think that we need that tight end. So I'll be hoping for Hawkinson. I have a little bit of ownership of some of those other guys. Liam, the other uh, fantastic selection. We have some other ways to play the wide receiver position. So that maybe makes it a little bit less valuable from a positional perspective. I'd like to get a variety of early tight ends. And we see Liam go off the board here right before our selection. That does leave us here with Hawkinson. And I I think he's the no-brainer selection. Yeah, I think that makes sense as well. I think we, um, I think we're going to continue to see that ADP rise as well as we get get closer and closer to the season. Um, I think uh, when you look around that offense, there's not a huge amount there, and I think we're going to see Goff lean heavily on him. So, yeah, I, I'm happy to to make that pick. Um, just to give ourselves a little bit of time because we have 30 seconds left in the clock, and it will be coming back to us pretty rapidly here. Uh, what are we hoping falls our way when we get to? um four picks time well with pits gone so early with 
Andrews as the guy who would come back in round four. A lot of it depends on uh, how early we're willing to go with Fant, with Thomas in round six. You know, if we have any comfort with Gasicki there in the week 14 by in round eight, I don't necessarily think that going Andrews here is a problem for us. I think it might give us a lot of different opportunities. Again, we know those early tight ends are so dynamic in this format. Yeah, I, I was actually going to suggest that to you. Um, Mark Andrews is somebody who we were super, super excited about last year. Um, it, it, it actually worked out not that bad before where we were taking him. Uh, it might have been um, not just what we were hoping for kind of in that second round range. So I uh, I think Andrews is an interesting pick here, and I think it gives us a little bit of flexibility where we don't have to take a real reach on some of those guys that we might be trying to push for Fant um, for example so i think that andrews could be my pick here the wide receivers that would be in the mix would be uh for me would be godwin um or probably dj moore um so they would be the two options i would be interested in mark andrews goes off the board so we're down to that conversation so i would be leaning here towards godwin or more probably more to dj moore um and then i know you have etienne as well lined up in the queue here so um which which will we make the case for This is a tough one. I think that ETN, especially with Barkley, could be uh, just sort of a a league winning and a tournament winning type of play. You get the monster upside from those guys. We know that we want to really load up on these wide receivers, but we're in a little bit out of position, I think, to get the full value out of them. So I might be a little bit tempted to go with ETN here. I do have a lot of him. Uh, What's your thought on going with the running back? Well, I'm going to take Adrian here because, as I mentioned, this is the first time I've been going at this particular spot in the draft. So I've been quite heavily going towards uh, DJ Moore uh, in this spot, Chris Godwin as well in this spot, um, and, and loading up on those two guys in particular where most of my exposure is um, this year in the kind of fourth round range. So um, because we were going that little bit earlier and because Adrian was there, uh, I have no exposure to him. So, um, you know, I, I do like the prospect and I, I like what we could see with him in Jacksonville. So I think um, it's a smart play there. It's going to be interesting to see what uh, people think. Uh, they probably don't really believe, Sean, that it's myself and yourself that are drafting this uh, team with, with those two running back picks in the first four. But um, I think I think it's a smart way to play it with the upside, as you mentioned. It'll give us a little bit of flexibility later that we, we may not have to attack the running back position quite as much. But... Uh, I think it's going to be quite heavy here for non-running backs and for the next um, seven, eight rounds. What do you think? Uh, I think that's right. And ETN, someone I think is probably undervalued by a full round. And so when we yeah. look at our confidence in the way the overall build will give us a chance to make the postseason contest. And when we say confidence, and we're not saying that, oh, we think that we're going to win, but just that the tactics that we'll employ give us a good opportunity so that if things break our way, our guys relatively stay healthy, then we're going to be in those top three or four slots. And then again, if things break our way, we finish in the range we need to finish in order to make the playoffs. And then once we're in the playoffs, I think that these rookie running backs could actually be a little bit undervalued in terms of the value that they have or the upside that they have to help you win the whole thing. So, you know, we're in the $100,000 tournament here. If you're going for that $100,000, I think that you want to be pointed toward that with some of the selections that you make. 
And uh, ETN there, given the fact that we didn't really like the wide receiver value, I think that that risk is worth it. And especially if Barkley's going to miss a little bit at the beginning. Now, we say the beginning is also where ETN is the least likely to have an impact, but we'll be wide receiver heavy for a while. We'll get some of those quarterbacks in there, hopefully get a couple more tight ends. But we do have confidence that our zero running back types of guys, and you know, obviously it's not a zero running back build when you have two running backs in the first four rounds, but we have a group of players that we have confidence in late to get us over the hump through that first month if need be. Hey, Rotoviz Radio listener, this is Curtis Patrick from the Dynasty Command Center podcast, and I've got a special deal for you today. Go to rotoviz.com, click the subscribe button, put the 12 month subscription in your cart, and use promo code RVRADIO2021. That's RVRADIO2021. And you're going to save 10%. Taking advantage of this deal, getting your hands on what's included in the package is the best way to enhance your performance this year. So go to rotoviz.com and subscribe now. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I think as well, when you're looking at a contest like this, you're looking at lineups that are a little bit different, that you know we're obviously hoping to win our league to get into the contest. But if you do get into the contest picking from the 11 spot as we are here um look there may be it may continue to get a situation where we get less and less confident in barkley being able to be there in those opening let's say six weeks or if there starts to be talk of pup or things like that but you're trying to diversify that lineup and um i think that we're in a, a strong start here to, to have that opportunity uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens sean here as we get to our picks in the next round the players that i'm probably starting to look towards um you know I think the guys that we would like to talk about at this point are going to be well gone. I think we're probably looking into that T. Higgins, Branton Ayuk range. Um, and obviously from talking on the podcasts previously, um, you know that I, I like those kind of three quarterbacks that go in this range as well. And Prescott, um, Prescott Murray and Lamar Jackson. So I'm, I'm interested to see what your thoughts are here. Are you kind of leaning into that range where it's those guys and maybe even a De- Deontay Johnson? Yeah, Deontay Johnson is the other wide receiver we really have to look to. If we were able to get Johnson and Higgins here as an example, then I think the decision to have gone with the running back in round four will really pay off. Even though we say, okay, well, wide receiver is deep, we push back against that idea. And yet there are some specific wide receivers who are so undervalued that you know if they do fall to you, and, and they don't, 
in every draft. But if they do, then you have a real home run opportunity there in terms of putting them with Diggs as the anchor wide receiver at the top. So that would potentially push me off of those quarterbacks. If they're not there, then getting a little bit of exposure to that extreme upside is certainly something that we would have to consider. Yeah, and to be honest, when it gets back to us here, I would be surprised I wouldn't be surprised if those three guys are gone because we're um, on the it's the five oh two at the moment. We're gonna be at the five eleven. Usually, that's kind of the range where those three guys go. And um, but as I mentioned, having not drafted at this point so far this offseason, uh, one of the talking points we had on the the Road of His Overtime podcast a couple of times uh, so far this offseason has been the fact that T Higgins, Brant Nayuk, and Deontay Johnson are. Like I'm tending to lean towards Higgins or Ayuk, but usually the quarterbacks based on just where I've been drafting at the front end of that round mostly. So I think if we can get two off Higgins, Ayuk or Deontay Johnson, I think that would be the way I'd be looking to fill this in. Obviously, we haven't touched on Jamar Chase. The reason for that for me is I think he'll also be gone. But in your opinion, is Higgins... Uh, the play even though chase is a higher adp or if both are there are you leaning to chase well zach and i had this opportunity in a slow draft that we're currently involved in and listeners uh, know zachary from the excellent best ball series that the two of you have been doing and we did go with higgins because i do have him above chase regardless of adp now i think both of those guys are pretty good values in this range i think that chase is another player who could smash at this price and yet i mean i just think higgins is an absolute lock you look at what he did last season the trajectory for those types of guys tends to be incredibly impressive and we're talking about a year two type of jump like juju smith schuster had when he was still second fiddle to antonio brown right you've got the step forward from the quarterback potentially and you have the situation in which Higgins has been drawing raves in off-season workouts, you know, quicker, more athletic, much better routes. And again, that fits with, we shouldn't necessarily double count that with the trajectory of these elite second year players, but it does encourage us to think about him in terms of the guy who a year from now will be going in round two. And so this is a pretty extreme discount to that price when we look at well what would happen if a draft took place two months from now or even six weeks from now or six weeks from the beginning of the regular season i should say and at that point he'll be much more expensive yeah no i i think that's it too and i think that's the advantage of like you know we're drafting at this point and there is unknowns and there's uncertainties and even when we get to two weeks before the season we'll have that as well but i i think there's a lot of these guys that we're targeting that i think the value or the price is going to go up and you mentioned um you mentioned etn I, I think you're right on there where i think we'll see that creep up as we get closer to the season i think hawkinson's will likely start to ache up as well so we actually have seen t higgins go off the board um he is now gone we are two picks away all three quarterbacks sean are still remaining um, so we're in a position now where the wide receivers we were hoping for are, are no longer there um we have seen chase and higgins go back to back picks very very heavy round here at wide receiver um where i was hoping that that mightn't be the case so kyler murray has now gone off the board one pick away what has your thought process changed to at this point as we are now on the clock well i think lamar jackson lamar jackson was just the pick so uh, yeah <laughs> I, I think here you know i'm 
I'm tempted to do something extremely unusual, which would be to go with Javante Williams. I think the other option that I find intriguing would be to go with one of the tight ends here, maybe go with both of the tight ends here. Uh, Prescott, someone I already have a decent amount of exposure to. I'm not against selecting him if that would be your preference. Uh, those would be the guys I'm looking at in this range. Yeah, I'd be probably my thought process here would probably be to, to take Ayuk and to get one of the tight ends, but I'm I'm open to the two tight ends as well. But I think I would lean towards Ayuk as the pick. Yeah, let, let's go ahead and and go with Ayuk there. Well, one of the things that I have been looking at, and especially with uh, some of the concerns about how this offense might run, is if Debo Samuel just really does still offer. Uh, maybe not the most upside, but the better value proposition. Now, obviously, he's cheaper, but he would need to still score uh, in a range that's viable and valuable to us to make that the selection. But if we were trying to get both the quarterback and the tight end in this range, Samuel might have been an option coming back around. Yeah, no, that that would be fair too. Um, it's a little bit tricky sometimes when the pick that we were hoping to get in Jackson <laughs> goes off in that one pick before. So we're back on the clock um, and we have uh, Prescott, Gaskin, Thomas and Fant lined up here. So I, I think I would be going back in here on the tight end position to, to really give us a little bit of strength there. I think if we go past here, I think I'll be willing to take a shot on some of the younger quarterbacks like Joe Burrow, uh, you know, like Lawrence so uh, I'm happy to go tight end here if, if that's the way you want to go and you can call your preference yeah do you do you have a guy that you prefer between the the two tight ends here I tend to just depending on where I fall I've taken both of them multiple times so um, I'm happy to go with your call okay well let's go with Fant he is slightly more expensive in general and he gives us more opportunities in terms of the buy yeah, no, I, I like both of those guys. And the reason I was so short on that answer was <laughs> we were running out of time. But um, uh, like like both of them, like Thomas, more so for, I think the volume might be there for Thomas. But when we're looking at the explosiveness of the player, you know, I think Fant has the upside to be the tight end one. Uh, I think Thomas has the upside to be a very good weekly tight end for us. So I just think... Um, Fant, just I think the talent is a little bit higher than than Thomas. Would you agree with that overall? It's a little bit tricky to tell. I think that the potential differences in the quarterback probably makes me lean toward Thomas in general. They also have a couple of games against the Cowboys during this playoff a portion of the schedule, which uh, those games could be absolute shootouts. So if Washington is put under pressure by this elite Dallas offense and is being pushed to score, I think that this Fitzpatrick to Thomas connection could be uh, very explosive in terms of trying to get through to the next round uh, when we're looking at, you know, how do you advance weekly in the playoff portion? At the same time, we don't have Cowboys to play off of that approach at this juncture. And if we had taken Thomas, then we would have had two quarterback, uh, two tight ends with the same buy, which pushes in, into a third tight end. We may still want to do that because three tight end is a dynamic approach in this format. Uh, if you have those guys who can both crush the tight end scoring and give you that elite flex presence, that option each week for the tight end to go in there, it gives you an advantage. It also depletes the tight ends for the rest of the league. And the first thing you have to get across the line on the first thing that you have to accomplish is that you need to dominate your own league. And so I think that a third tight end 
would work. You know, having the two tight ends with the same buy isn't kind of the end of the draft for us, but this gives us more flexibility. Yeah, and it's um, it's obviously a little bit different as well. We're looking at the 18 rounds in terms of the, the overall build, but um, I like having the, the upside of the two younger tight ends. It's actually, those are the two guys that were both drafted in the first round a couple of years ago. So if the, hopefully this is the, the big breakout coming here for, for both guys. I would have imagined when we were writing this down on paper, um, there's a lot of variance from what we would have probably anticipated our draft going like. So it's um, it's off to a very interesting start. So that's where we're going to wrap up for this edition of the series as part of the draft. We are uh, you know, going going well and truly to start that roster build, a little bit of an interesting build there. Uh, I'd be interested to know what your thoughts are on how it's going so far. You can let me know at Overtime Ireland on Twitter. And uh, as we get ready to go through the rest of the series, it is really hotting up towards the NFL season. Get yourself ready for that uh, season by having yourself a Rotoviz NFL pass. And you can save yourself 10% off a Rotoviz NFL pass by adding the code RVRADIO2021 at checkout or going to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast for more information. That will help uh, in a lot of ways for this season. I use all the tools while drafting and when I'm getting ready to draft. really helps set you up for success and get you access to all of the content and tools on the website. On today's show, of course, it was myself, Colm Kelly, bringing you this edition. And um, I was joined by my co-host of the Rotaviz Overtime podcast and also one of the hosts of the Stealing Bananas podcast, along with Ben Gretz, that is Sean Siegel. Check out Sean's great work up on rotaviz.com. And if you are so inclined, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Until we're back with the next section of the draft, have a good one. Mm-hmm.